This is the Tinkered Thinking Podcast. Episode 418, Dynamism. This two-part episode is dedicated to at SE underscore cauldron, who prompted this topic on Twitter with a quote from Carl Jung. Part 1, Adding and Subtracting. Carl Jung once wrote, It is a frightening thought that man also has a shadow side to him, consisting not just of little weaknesses and foibles, but of a positively demonic dynamism. When it comes to that shadowy side of humanity, there's a lot of sexiness that we can often attribute to it, or often see attributed to it, and it often seems to have a kind of seductive pull. The overt reference here to intimate relations is an easy place to start in order to begin unpacking some questions and thoughts that orbit this idea that Jung is putting forth about demonic dynamism. It's perhaps useful to note further that dynamism is the quality of vigorous action and progress. We can begin by asking, when does something like sexual attraction actually cause destructive negative outcomes? In a trusting relationship, it is widely deemed as a very good thing. But then in other contexts, it flips into this shadowy function that perhaps has a touch of evil. Speaking both bluntly and very generally, why would a married person cheat? And why does the prospect of that experience offer so much pull for so many people? For those who find themselves in an unhealthy relationship, or simply an unhappy one, the attraction of such an experience is generally greater and perhaps due to a straightforward reason. The act itself becomes a viable reason to dissolve the unhappy marriage. The evil act in this case actually serves a practical utilitarian purpose. It's much easier to end such unhappy relationships with such a blatant violation of the verbal agreements that often serve as the foundation for behavior in such relationships. While the reasons for dissolution of relationships are varied, this particular avenue is by no means rare, and it is perhaps because this specific violation is built into the original framework that is supposed to hold such people together. Put more simply, the way most traditional marriages are verbally constructed specifically states this avenue for making it fall apart. It's as though we were following instructions for putting together a piece of Ikea furniture and discover the manual simultaneously describes the method for taking it apart. To highlight the same point with another example, we can think of a kid playing with Legos. Anyone who played with Legos as a kid knows the inevitable limitation of pieces that you run up against while building something. You build something with a finite number of pieces and it's often part of the building strategy to take into account what you have for pieces in terms of quantities and variety. Even more important is when something is already built and the next time rolls around that you want to play with Legos. In order to do so, you have to destroy what you already have in order to free up the resources to start over. In a case of finite resources, destruction is an absolute necessity in order to further create based on the lessons of the past creation. If we take this as a tenet of progress and reapply it to the romantic situation of relationships, it again still fits. 
in order to make the situation better, something about the current situation needs to be changed and often destroyed. As an aside about monogamy, we can wonder if monogamy as an idea fits humans effectively, or if it's like a glass bottle full of water being placed in the freezer. Is it our natural behavior that fails to fit the monogamous framework? Or does the monogamous framework fail to fit our natural and potentially healthy inclinations? How many instances of infidelity have ultimately resulted in better situations for all people involved? We must carefully and cautiously wonder, do our natural inclinations towards destruction actually help us improve things in certain circumstances? If we think about the kid who wants to play with Legos, but is faced with the product of yesterday's creativity, then the answer is absolutely. Destroying yesterday's creation frees up the resources to make something that is potentially better. All feelings have a kind of hope designed into them so that they function with the aim of one thing, make things better. Often this just means feeling different. We act on the current feeling and our feeling changes to the one that is closer to a state that was imagined by the hope of the initial feeling. Often this can backfire, as when we feel it would be an improvement of our situation to feel the pleasure of eating a donut. Short-term improvement in terms of raw sensations at the cost of long-term detriment to health. We feel good for those moments of sugary goodness and feel miserable looking at vacation photos, not to mention the specific consequences to our health. We can mirror this short-term, long-term trade-off back to the example of relationships. The excitement and pleasure of infidelity can have a negative long-term effect of destroying a really good primary relationship. The long-term health of the relationship is compromised for the short-term pleasure, just as our personal long-term health is compromised for the short-term pleasure of tasting a donut. We can extend this same sort of backfire to a global scale and nervously wonder about a third world war that would inevitably involve nuclear destruction to a level that would surely set humanity back by a whole lot. Regardless, through this lens, the tension of shadowy destructiveness can boil down to a simple question. Do you want to add or do you want to subtract? To reiterate, however, in a circumstance with finite resources, subtraction or destruction is necessary in order to continue creating with recycled resources. The digital age is a welcomed hack when it comes to things like writing. Early in the history of writing, paper was a difficult and rare resource, so what was written had to be important, or palimpsests were created in order to recycle the paper. But notice once more, in order to create a palimpsest, one must first erase what was originally written on the page, thereby destroying the writing and the message. In that circumstance of limited resources, destruction was necessary. But in the digital age, hundreds of pages, thousands, take up the tiniest bit of space in a hard drive. There's simply no need to destroy, unless of course we're talking about the process of editing. With editing, we enter a new realm of the usefulness regarding destruction, but it again follows the same pattern as the little kid with Legos 
But the reason for destructive change is different. With editing, the destructive change is not for resources, but for quality. We realize that something would actually be better if it were leaner. And so we destroy what we have in order to create a better, different version. Our questions now change. It isn't, should we add or subtract, but rather, exactly what and where should we add and subtract? For example, editing involves both the process of adding material in order to fully flesh out an idea and taking away material that does not add to the overall effectiveness of the piece. Whether that be writing, music, film, drawing, painting, or product design, Part of the genius behind Apple products is how much they take away from the design of a product in order to simplify it. The original iPod had a click wheel, a button in the center, and an on-off switch at the top. Now think for a moment about how many buttons your average CD player had back in the day. The minimalism was a welcome change that clearly resonated, but this required subtraction. Dynamism, or rather action in progress, is a process of growth and decay. The demonic aspect that Jung tints this dynamism with most likely refers to the subtraction or destructive aspect of this process, but he perhaps seeks to highlight it in a more extreme way. As should be obvious, thoughtful destruction can yield great good, but destruction that is hooked up to a kind of chain reaction or a vicious cycle, lacks all sort of thoughtfulness and devolves into a force that erases the process of progress and leads to potentially terrible and irreversible circumstances. Stay tuned for part two of Dynamism, entitled Vicious Subtraction. This is the Tinkered Thinking Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you find the Tinkered Thinking podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes, you can share it on social media with your friends, you can blog about it or discuss it on your own podcast, or you can support it directly, and you can do this on the support page at tinkeredthinking.com. Both one-time support and monthly subscription support options are available. Thank you for your support of the show. It's listeners like you that make all of this possible. Any feedback or questions are always welcome, so feel free to reach out. And until tomorrow, remember to be careful about the context.